Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Darren, and you can find me either at my name or at Darren underscore Kirst. Thank you so much. Uh, welcome back, Darren. Thank you for joining us again for this minute. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. This is minute number 117. This minute's going to start out with Wonder Woman beginning her attack on Steppenwolf. And the minute is going to end with uh, Steppenwolf uh, beginning to interrogate uh, uh, Silas Stone. Um, but then he's promptly interrupted by said cyborg <laughs> this one so i kind of skipped ahead a little bit last week or yesterday's minute um and i was talking about the the apocalypse spider the robot and and um uh you know steppenwolf discarding howard jensen the janitor and it, it actually happens in this minute so i skipped a little ahead a bit i'm sorry about that but jump my gun. notes stay my notes stay the same it's a fantastic edit for for the camera work and, and for this scene that includes um, Joe Morton, Silas Stone, but yeah, this is this is um, this is where we see um, really what's important, and probably it's better that I get get that out of the way in the first minute, so I can talk about it here. But um, this scene has has resonance with Cyborg and and, and really Victor Stone, as um, as we've talked about, we've seen in this movie, and we've already gone through the um, the big Victor Stone scene of him him um, grappling with his abilities and. Um, the the flashback with his mother, um, it, it, he has such disdain for Silas Stone. We, we've read about it in comic books. Nate and I have talked about it a lot on Doom Patrol Radio. Um, but the <laughs> the conflict between Victor Stone and Silas Stone um, is ever present, right? And I, I don't think in any other Justice League iteration where where they're fighting dark side and and you know the new 52 book but also the justice league war animated film um this does it in a way where silas stone is directly in the path of destruction for steppenwolf or, or whoever the big villain is for the justice league in, in their initial uh come togetherness and so cyborg is seeing silas stone in danger and with all the disdain all all the vitriol that they've gone through um this uh unrequited love that that silas stone has put on on cyborg or made him feel um is washed away in this moment where he's just pure angry at 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 steppenwolf he will not allow steppenwolf um to hurt his father and uh, of course they'll talk about it later in the movie but um this is important this is an important uh moment of being a hero in, in in my eyes is that um Despite it all, he will choose to rescue someone um, out of kindness. Um, guys, what, you, what is your take on this? Darren? No, I mean, it's super... I, I, the, the, okay, so the thing that I like about this moment for Cyborg stepping in to save his father is that, you know, in writing, they, the, the classic saying is always show, don't tell, right? Mm-hmm. But in here, I mean, it's, it is all about showing... I mean. Yes, obviously he has a clear resentment of his father up to this moment, right? But even then, Silas is still his father, and he's still going to save him, right? Because as we see later on in the movie, you know, some of that might, may or may not happen 
with that character, right? And how it might affect the other characters. So, I mean, I, I feel like it's it's a cool way of showing, like, yes, even though he has all this resentment towards his father, he's still going to save him, right? He's still a hero in that sense, right? Yep. And his father is still important to him, no matter how much he is upset with him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's that message of, of kindness, um, you know, relating to him as his father. But really what, what heroes do best is, is they um, will always reach for that kindness first before they, uh, you know, allow um, evil to win, uh, I should say. And, and yeah, like to be at the end of the day, like you are my father. Um, but we've seen it with Superman and we've seen it with Batman as well, especially BVS and, and the whole Martha scene is once you have that connection to someone, it becomes kindness. It becomes to, to have someone as, as part of your kin and to say, you know, as a hero, I would, you know, I must act with kindness. And, and, and in this moment, he says, I'm going to rescue my father despite it all. Um, it's just a fantastic moment for, for Cyborg to, um, to just disregard everything mm-hmm. and, 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 and charge into this. Um, knowing that it's not what the plan was, but he, he says, you know, to hell with the plan. Um, I need to rescue my father and, and rushes headfirst into Steppenwolf. It's just a fantastic moment for the character. Um, it really is um, such a great moment here. And um, of course we have him using some of his, his extra limbs there in that minute. Um, but it, it's um, always cool to see Cyborg using all his abilities. It's cool to, to think that um, it mirrors the same like from Dawn of Justice, where uh, Batman does run headfirst into the Black Zero event. Um, it's that idea of what these Earth-based DC heroes are all about. Um, mm. Not thinking about themselves or the danger that would come to them. It is just act, do, and and go headfirst. Um, that's always, you know, the idea of of heroics and, and that whole selflessness and and when you do those types of acts um it's very apparent but uh i think it's really cool that it that it mimicked batman in the same mm-hmm. sense um and they're both humans you know like they're not godlike beings or they at least don't have godlike mindsets um which nobody does at least none of the heroes do but that's again why it makes them great because they don't <laughs> yeah there's yeah. a there's a quote from um what is it? It might be Dark Knight, um, or it might be something else, but uh, it's an actual, it's a Batman quote, and um, he's referencing uh, Clark, and um, he's just thankful that uh, he realizes that Clark is this all-powerful, godlike being, that if he want, wanted to, he could burn this whole place down with just looking at us, and, and we have nothing to do about it, Um but he's thankful that that thought doesn't occur to Clark, you know? It's always mm-hmm. that mindset of these heroes would never even think about harming innocence or, or anything like that. Um, it's just really yeah. cool, just, just the common theme that these human heroes will have of just running into danger. Um, yeah. Especially even our uh, resident runner, you know? And he's yeah. lear- he's learning in this. This is going to be the week where this character learns how to run headfirst into danger. Um, 
Yeah, we have a. I mean, obviously, we have similar um, similar parallels with Wonder Woman in her film as well. Not only No Man's Land, but also um, Veld when Veld gets bombed by the poison gas, in that she runs right into the cloud of, of yellow smoke and all that, and it doesn't matter because she's worried about all the people that she just met and saved and and danced with and had a merry time with, and and then the Germans bomb Veld, and it's like. You got to know all those people. You got to understand who they were and, and, and know them. Um, and to have them then killed, it's like you created a connection with those people. And I think creating the connections with people is, is, is what unites the Justice League. You know, And I think the, the larger idea for Justice League in the five-year plan was to unite the entire world, much like in the... Um, the Age of Heroes, when they first fought Darkseid um, with with Zeus and, and King Atlan, it's like that's why they won is because they were unified. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that unification that um, it, it stems from also being a hero. So um, there's all the foundation is there, and we can see it in, it kind of like come to fruition in, in this minute here. Um, but yeah, so Cyborg will, will swoop in and save Silas Stone, um, and then enters Wonder Woman, the uh, the demigod Amazon. And um, the moment here between Steppenwolf and, and Wonder Woman is, is it's cathartic for me because it's like, one, we get recognition that Wonder Woman is like probably the, the top tier uh, member at this point, sans Superman. Um, and because of that, she's highly regarded by Steppenwolf, whether he wants to admit it or not, because um, he says she is an Amazon, but not like the others stronger and um we get classic gal gadot smirking wonder woman which is always an a plus uh direction for wonder woman to enjoy this this uh warrior battle that they're about to partake in um but i also really like the shot of steppenwolf seeing that his his uh heat axe is um away from him and and considering if he will be able to grab it in time to attack Wonder Woman, and then she's smirking because she's she understands the same yeah. uh, conundrum that he's in. So it's definitely guys a, a warrior battle right now. Like, yeah, their eyes lock. They're like, all right, we let's tango. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, this this minute to me is all about moments, right? I mean, you start off with that great moment between Silas and Steppenwolf, and how you know this is the way that the character interactions really, you know. He says, I would die rather than tell you. And he's like, you'll die if you don't, you know? And then you also have, you know, Wonder Woman coming in. It's the way that she just rips that sword out of that parademon with just that, that oomph, you know, just a whoosh, just whips it out. I was like, oh, that's so, it's a little detail, but it's just so cool. And, and, and that calm before the storm moment, I like to call it, you know, just the way that they're like looking at each other, like you mentioned, you know, it's just like, it's about to go down. It just, it, it, you, really, you really feel that like building and building to the point where it's like, boom, let's go. So I, I just thought that was really, really well executed. Um, yeah. I, oh, go for it, Nate. I was just going to say, I, I really do enjoy the addition of the uh, the standoff. Um, just like that, the extra couple seconds that it takes to introduce this uh, this mood that we're supposed to be, you know, getting at between these two warrior-based soldiers um, that are about to have close combat, you know? Like, it is very... 
exquisite. Uh, you know, it's 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 the it's the same idea of of two fencers, you know, walking up to each other and saluting or you know doing whatever they have to do to a you know, to commence the battle. Um, but it yeah. seems like there's more, you know, obviously there's more animosity um, because it is like Steppenwolf realizing that he is at a disadvantage, but second guessing that disadvantage. Um, and, you know, you, you see that all the time in movies where the weapon kind of s- slides away and then they, two people are looking at it. Who can get to it first? Um, it's Normally great. directed as like a scramble. Yeah. Then this is like, so the way I was thinking of it is it feels more like a, like a samurai battle. Like you were saying, with fencing, but with sam- for me, I was thinking more samurai. We've seen movies like that. Um, uh, anime, uh, also a huge influence to, to Zack Snyder's work at times. And the shot of Steppenwolf as the uh, electro axe is, is, is off to the side and uh, it's out of focus. And, you know, the focus is on Steppenwolf glancing over, seeing if he can reach it. Um, it's amazing, well done shot. Um, where, like again, we have the the steam pipes, the the fog uh, machines are going in the background, the broken windows, like we talked about in yesterday's minute. That Patrick Tatopoulos, great set design, um, but it makes it feel like an anime. Like like there, there's this showdown that's about to happen. There's a there's a moment of pause. Um, it helps create tension for the action that you're about to receive because the action is the release and 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 for comic book fans and people who like to see these special effects movies it's like you're about to see a, a special effect um, um, spectacle mm-hmm. and this creates that tension and you get with, with Junkie XL or Tom Holkenberg you start to get the, the, the war drums in the background is starting to allude to the Wonder Woman theme and it's starting to ramp up a little bit and uh, you get to kind of revel in that a bit and you get kind of pumped and it's like the war drums are happening and then boom, they go for it. Uh, Wonder Woman wins the, the first hit on the battle and so then the battle commences and you get the electric cello part which is a phenomenal use for, um, for the Wonder Woman theme. Uh, we've talked a little bit about how it can be out of place at times. Um, there's the ancient battle hymn. I've always loved the, the ancient battle hymn that they use in this movie. I think it's fantastic. Um, but with Wonder Woman's electric cello theme, um, I think because Zack Snyder and, and everyone who worked on BVS, they understand why it was created and why they went for that uh, theme for, for, for Wonder Woman, um, when best to use it. I think that that's something that they need to talk about in other DC films is just because Wonder Woman's on screen doesn't mean you should always play that electric cello. Right. But yes, it's like a Princess Zelda thing. You just got Zelda's theme playing throughout every time. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, that's very well said. I, I think to an extent, it may or may not be overused a little bit in this movie at certain points. You know, I do agree with that. But I mean, in this moment, I think it works really well. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I think it also works well when it's um, backed up with uh, um, like Wonder Woman's use of speed and and or you know f- uh, flying or f- whatever you want to call that fast movement because um, mm-hmm. we saw it really uh, the main one that I think of is in Dawn of Justice when she does the first smirk and 
um, you know, gets knocked back by Doomsday and then goes in for it. <clears throat> then it cuts to like a back, uh, like POV or something of the sorts. Um, but yeah, oh, it yes, seems yes, like yes. the the motion when it's when it's fast, um, fast fast background, but focused on the character, obviously, because that shows you know like speed and motion and flying and whatnot. Um, I think it works really well within those uh, visual moments because um, it just sounds like a big. You know, orchestra is playing, and there's just this big. It fits like the tempo. Said, yeah, it fits the yeah. tempo. It's a moment that is happening on the screen, um, and these moments that we're talking about are really most of the time uh, reserved for like these particular things that happen with the character, be it their you know certain ability, uh-huh. um, you know, like a, 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 a Wonder Woman's you know, theme is playing right now and it's playing really loud and very awesomely because she has all her weapons out right now. And it is, she's doing what Wonder Woman does. You were saying when the ancient battle hymn is playing, it's very, uh, it's not like, somber, but it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's mood. You know, when we heard it in the beginning, she was standing on top of the statue and it was an establishing shot and just very, not somber, but quiet, that kind of yeah, thing. Because um, I think it's like, if, if it's gonna, because that's another criticism that Zack Snyder gets is like too much slow mo, uh, and so whenever there's slow motion, they don't. There's the there's the intelligence of saying, okay, if we're gonna have a slow motion scene because it's a comic book movie and we want things to look like comic book panels. That's why we use slow motion so that you can enjoy the full image of a superhero doing one thing in motion. That we don't use the Wonder Woman theme because the tempo's too quick. And the the reason that we have a quick tempo song is to match the quick tempo action and so yeah. that it lines up almost like a music video would. And so then we have the ancient battle hymn to to match the pacing of, the of what's on parts. camera. Yeah. Um, we see it again with, um, to refer back to Wonder Woman in her film, um, with No Man's Land, is that we have No Man's Land playing all, all, all throughout her... Um, uh, her moment across the trenches, and then once she's enveloped, once she's like, you know, everyone's rallied up, everyone's going at it. All the the Wonder Men are, are assisting her. Um, then it's like, okay, we change gears. We go into um, is she with you? And then it, it starts with war drums, and she goes in, and then she's fighting Germans in in the building, and it's all the Wonder Woman theme because the action matches the music, right. which is so important here, and so. In this scene, that's that's you know how it pays off so well is that the music really lets you know, get ready for it. All right, here we go. Now let's now let's do it, and then it right. it becomes a, a fantastic time. So I have um, a question now. Go for it. With that in mind, this is for both of you. With that in mm-hmm. mind, especially now after uh, post Zack Snyder Justice League and into this new, <clears throat> you know, post Flash DC EU, and even including Flash. Um, the use of, we talk about this a lot, Mark and I do, the use of licensed music in these movies and whatnot. When we're talking about setting the pace for the tone of what's happening on screen and everything, how slippery of a slope and or how easy of a job is it if you're just using licensed music? Now, my mindset is like, I, I would very much like to think that whoever the music supervisors are, actually enjoy what they're doing and can watch something and invoke 
emotions and 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 get triggered by previous songs that they've heard and go that's what's supposed to be playing here much like what i do or are they just like going by like beats per minute and and seeing what you know would remotely fit within you know either lyrics or whatever that theme of the song was to match it up with whatever the theme is happening in the movie that's where my problems lie because especially in like the flash and stuff there was so much licensed music and i'm just like wondering why can't we get original orchestrate pieces that invoke these emotions and actually you know add more detail to what is happening on screen rather than just hearing barracuda playing you know by heart so loud in a movie theater i don't want to go to a movie theater to sit in a dolby atmos theater and listen to barracuda at freaking 12 decibels like i'm done like i'm not doing that Oh boy, you know? where to be? Where to begin with this one, Darren? Do you have thoughts on licensed music on action scenes? <laughs> wow, yeah, that's uh, quite a question. I, I think at the end of the day, it all goes back to the concept of how it's utilized, the yeah. way that you use it, right? I mean, to me, when I think of licensed music, I think of a lot of like TV stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot more prevalent in TV shows and stuff like that, you know. But at the, by the same time, like like Smallville, for example. Yeah, but, a great oh, example. That's, C- that was, shows, that's the yeah. easiest like example. But right. Yeah. The best one, honestly, because the, but it it matches in my opinion that it works. You're it right, matches the way. It yeah, it matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It matches the tone of the scene and the, the 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 mood of the scene and kind of it's another way to express how a character is feeling or how, or what's happening in that moment, right? So, and an action is a little bit different though. It's it's I think it's easier in a character beat scene, but I think it's a little trickier in an action scene, the way that it's utilized because there's so much happening. And I don't know. I, I, I think when it, when it comes to action scenes, I, I lean more towards uh, actual um, musical score, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. I think I think I lean more towards that just because I feel like that's a better way to do it, especially because these movies, you know, Man of Steel, BBS, uh, Zack Snyder, Justice League, they all have such a unique and, and wonderful score to them and they're known for a lot a lot of times for their music that i feel like it's just much better off to go that route what do you guys think so especially in 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 a in a cinematic universe so this is a franchise these characters have themes wonder woman has a theme there's man of steel there's you know even batman in this in this franchise has has a theme um it's it's important to use it. It's important to to connect with it, and so that people get chemically like a dopamine connect connection when they hear Wonder Woman's theme, when they hear Man of Steel, yeah. when they hear anything that's like I bum, know that bum, music, bum, 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 and you go, oh my god, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, that so makes even, sense. Even if it's that, even if it's John Williams or Danny Elfman music being played, they use that music. It's important to to have that connection. So. Use that. Do not put licensed music in. Um, you know, I, I know at the speed of force is not Flash's theme per se, but I know there's music already established in the cinematic universe that does pertain to the Flash, and so I think it, it's important that when you have a comic book movie that's using characters within the same universe, that it's important that you temp the the film for those tracks and then later put them in. Um, 
uh, if you want a music that to be temporary but have the beats per minute to to match the the editing for your film i think that's fine like i said temporarily um but like you said when it when it comes to to using licensed music it really depends on the connection of the licensed music to the film um i think of, of movies like baby driver or certain tarantino films where the music is part of the movie's dna yeah Not, instead of it being the studio's label where they're just using whoever was in on yeah. the lot that week and whoever has the new album coming out to use their lp yeah. or whatever yeah suicide squad i think got away with it because the music was so good that i think the I almost think that the soundtrack for Suicide Squad is what promoted the movie so well that I think when Suicide Squad came out, despite the the reception for the film, that music was everywhere. Like I could not go uh, yeah. anywhere without I mean, hearing Heathens or you know any of the other songs that were, that were out at the time. Um, the the music for Suicide Squad was was huge, and um, yeah, I think I think it's important, but. Um, we, we see other comic book movies today. I'm trying not to name names, but they, they will just put licensed music in, in, in spots that it's like, I guess lyrically, it makes sense. That's it's, what I'm saying. Is it, that like the easy part of the job? Is someone's Monday morning just going like, all right, so like, let me find some lyrics to... It comes down to direction, match. though. It, comes, it really comes down to, to the director saying, I want a fight scene and I want... Chicago playing oh. and I, I'm sorry I can't I, I'm trying not to to pick things out especially some of the Marvel films that have licensed music it's a very sticky situation I'm trying not to to say you know sound like someone who doesn't like Marvel movies because I do but like you said um, it's important that we use the scores that the franchises have um, created to to then resonate with those characters and and bring those motifs to life um, I will defend Marvel in, a, in one just just because it's on the top of my mind. I will defend the ACDC ness from Iron Man, yeah, because yeah. they make a point to show that Tony Stark has bad music taste. Like they make a point <laughs> that to like say, "Oh yeah, Tony Stark loves to blast back and black." He shouldn't, but. I guess he's going to do it anyway. So like that's it's really on the nose obviously, but it like it makes sense when But also know. Raymond Jawadi's music in Iron Man was like that felt like old school Marvel rock and roll. Uh, like, well yeah. It, the well cuz Raymond Jawadi is a fantastic composer, but yeah. he much like Hulkenberg when 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 Jawadi did Iron Man, it was like electric guitars like it's going to sound like you're watching a comic book movie that's it's all rock and roll music. Um, as the score, so it, it it fit it fit the aesthetic, it fit the tone of Iron Man. Yeah. So I see what you're going there. Um, uh, Beast Boy listening to uh to to Baltimore Tarzan Boy. That makes sense to me. That makes like, sense. But like again, those CW shows, I think because of the t- um, the team the teenage drama as the foundation for the CW shows, I feel like the licensed music m- with Smallville, like it always has resonated because that's what. That's what teenagers like, were listening that's what, to. That's what teenagers want to do. They want to watch these teenage, or they want to watch these superhero drama shows, and hear like Matchbox Twenty or something like that. Let 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 them revel in that. So I agree. That's that's the place for them. Um, 
The Guardians of the Galaxy is another great example of, of um, movies that uh, includes the music as part of its DNA, which is why it works so well. Um, Deadpool, that's another one. Deadpool is another one. Deadpool yeah. is an, absolutely another one. Um, and uh, that's all I have to say about yeah, that. Yeah, no, one. I mean, that's, I, I would love I to go hear... on these rants about licensed music all the time. It really is just situational. I think, I think people aren't supervising enough when it comes to music supervision. That's is the what's thing. happening. That's the thing. Sometimes I feel like it gets overlooked and don't do that. And I think it, it might also be like another. Um, you know, lately the 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 keyword multiverse has become, um, and not a multiverse, but more rather like we get to show off our IP and everything that we have under our umbrella as a company. And I feel like sometimes the licensed music does the same thing, where it's like, not only do we get to show off Michael Keaton's Batman and uh, whatever else the DC Universe wants to do in the Flash, but also that um, we can use all the music that's under the water tower music label so it becomes it becomes more of a showcase than an actual multiverse but did you did you know that that chicago's warner warner brothers media like no i, I don't yeah 100 percent. they're right. one of their well, labels is one <laughs> there you go that's why it was used oh uh, it's and just too easy too easy all right, well, we're going to wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five-star review. It really does help the show and it helps new listeners discover the show as well. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter at DCEUMinute. And if you'd like bonus content, we have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you here next time on DC Cinematic Minute.